You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Continental Belts. If you think of all the weird things that you find in cars, I'm not talking about French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, stuff that really makes you wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental Belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE and millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. And now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with this OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series of belts. These are the serpentine belts that you have on pretty much every single new car today. These belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. And Continental's OE Technology Series Multi-V Belts, these are the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, go to oetechnologyseries.com. That's oetechnologyseries.com. Get it on, got to get on the judgment again on Monday. I'm Adam Carl, that's Matt the Moderator DeAndrea over there. And welcome to Castrol Car Cast, brought to you in part by JB Weld, made in the USA. Pros and DIYers trust JB Weld for more than 50 years. We use it here, we use it in the garage, we use it in the studio, we use it at home. Available at jbweld.com and uh, wherever you get. Your finer parts at JB Well. All right. So uh, let's see. Lots of car stuff. The uh, Sean's dutifully working on ball joints over there on the 935. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that's uh, out there. So uh, the 935 needs new front ball joints. Uh, the 935 ball joints are 935 ball joints. They don't come from... Uh, Volkswagen or like a Scirocco or something (laughs) like that. It'd it'd be nice (laughs) if they just came from something, but they don't come from anything. Can't get them on Amazon, huh? Can't get them on Amazon. Well, listen, you will get lucky a lot of the time because, or not a lot of the time, but you can get lucky some of the time because car, when you're making a car, it's like a switch for your Lamborghini Mira. Like that switch may also be on uh, Alfa Romeo from the right, 60s yeah. or something like that because they don't want to make everything bespoke. You know, it's easier just to make yeah. a, a, a light, a switch, or whatever. So you'd think that Porsche would just use like a Porsche ball joint or a nine, you know, 911 ball joint or a 914 ball joint or something. Yeah. Now they use a 935 ball joint and they never made 935s. So, yeah. I mean, they didn't produce them really. So, but But for an item like that, it probably needed to be more durable and, and, and yeah, you know, it's well, such a the existing ones, one of them's busted or cracked or whatever. So, anyway, Sean's doing a full like hip transplant, he's like putting a new bung in and a new thing and going with a solid ball joint and blah blah blah. So, so he's trying to make one. What he's doing is the ball joints at the end of the A arm or the end of the whatever arm, right? The suspension yeah. arm. And that's where the ball joint is. And the the existing arm will only accept a 935 ball joint and shroud or hood or rubber boot or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Those are really expensive and don't really exist. 
So what he's doing is cutting it off and putting a new receptacle for like a universal ball joint that is newer and better Mm -hmm. and that we own. Yeah. So instead of finding the old ball joint or making a new ball joint, we're just going to make the the female side fit the ball joints we have at the shop. Yeah. And some of the some of the ones that are out now, like some of the upgrades and stuff that you can get on some cars, I don't know how many. Um, I just happen to know it's available for the Mustang. Yes. <laughs> is is a rebuildable one. It it unscrews and you can take it apart and rebuild it. They yeah. also have a I, I'm, and again, I'm not a suspension guy or ball joint guy, but like a solid ball joint. Like this doesn't have a nylon bushing in it. It's yeah. just like a solid ball. And uh, anyway, better, newer, upgrade, yeah. whatever. So that's what we're working on. Yeah. Either way, I'm sure you'll start to feel it. If it's going to be, you know, once it's done, it's going to feel a little tighter, a little less sloppy. And Well, one you know. of them was just, the nylon was just cracked in half. Um, so we're working on that. I got a... Uh, Max Pata, you can uh, find my phone at some point. I got an email from uh, Nate last week about uh, a bunch of super expensive cars that some guy owned, and he was giving me a price list of these super expensive cars. Not that I can afford any of them, but one of them was uh, 935, and it was Moby Dick. And I, I was like unclear if there was more than one Moby Dick or two Moby Dicks, that's the 935 that put the really long tail on it. Yeah. Now, and, we saw it at Festival of Speed at Goodwood, or we saw a clone, right? Because we were taking pictures of the wheels. and Yeah, and, and I don't know. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was I, a clone or not. I've got to feel like maybe I don't know, but I was like, I, it was funny. So I said to this guy I was selling, I, I said, how much is Moby Dick? And he was like, Two million dollars, and I said that sounds cheap for Moby Dick because that's probably one of the most legendary nine thirty five ever made. And then he went, uh, "Yeah, well, the lady who owns it, the widow who owns it, actually looked into it, and now she wants six million dollars." And I was like, <laughs> uh, "Okay, well, that sounds about right." Yeah, but where did two million come <clears throat> from? It came from his mouth, but it. <laughs> But uh, her brain said six million bucks. And then I was like, okay. And then at some point he said, I'll just get you a sheet of paper with all the prices for the cars and I'll just email it to Nate and you can look at it. And I was like, I was in New York and like Nate sent it to me and I was like trying to look at it. And I got down to Moby Dick and I was like, he had a pencil and he like scratched something out or whatever. (laughs) And I was like, does that say $4 million? I couldn't really tell. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you'd like to sell a car for four or six million dollars, you should probably just get your word processor out. Yeah. Type in a few things. I like the old school, you know, handwritten part, but when you're writing the number in, sometimes it gets a little confusing. Yeah. And then it made me wonder. Siri will do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Then it made me wonder. I don't know what uh, that car's worth. Like, I maybe apparently they don't know either. They, Somewhere between two and six, right? So, uh, so there <laughs> you have interesting. it. Did you uh, uh, on your travels? Did you get any uh, Indy five hundred updates? Did you see the qualifying for Indy five hundred? No, I was just running around swamped everywhere. I was uh, Pagano. You're telling me? Yes, yeah, Simon Pagano uh, qualified on the pole, and his I think it's a four lap average. 
He did uh, 229.992. And, and if you think about like the top three or four, they're all within like a tenth or two of each other. And the whole field of 30 cars that qualified, I don't think it was three seconds apart between all of them. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. It's the first. Uh, we like Simon a lot. He's such a nice guy. And, and he always invites us down to Long Beach Grand Prix and hang out with him. And we got to get him in on the show or get him to call in. But uh, the first time in 100 years that a Frenchman has qualified on the pole for uh, yeah for Indy 500. He couldn't it's be any more excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, we wish him well. We'll, we'll be watching. I'm going to be watching. It's going to be uh, – it is Sunday, this Sunday, May 26th. It's 12 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. We went down to the Hot Wheels event. Oh, Max Pat, I also took some pictures on my phone of Leno's 27-liter – Rolls-Royce Merlin Marine car. Um, I imagine you did too. Mm -hmm. Um, Down at the Hot Wheels event, um, he showed up in this thing. Now, the thing that's kind of cool about this car is it's a like 30s Rolls-Royce with a 40s, I guess, 40s Merlin Marine uh, engine in it, a um, 12-cylinder. It says Rolls-Royce. On the, on the valve covers, I'm not sure. So here's what I understood about World War II, and I, I don't know everything Did about World War II. Did you see his license plate, too? It says World War II V12. Right. <laughs> uh, the thing that's interesting about um, Leno and, and this, this vehicle is a couple of things. And Max Bata, here's some homework for you. Okay. World War II history is the Rolls-Royce made a... Um, V12 and also Merlin and I guess Merlin Marine and I guess Merlin made them for uh, the Spitfires and, and things like that but I think the early P51 Mustangs had like a, a Merlin Marine engine in them but th- what really unlocked the performance was the Rolls Royce V12 as, as I recall and, or there was another manufacturer who made a V12, but it didn't unlock the power, the, the performance that the P51 was legendary for. So when, so this car, this Rolls, always just sat front and center in Jay's shop. Remember, always just yeah. sat there. And always had the engine out and always had this giant engine next to it. And for years, for as long as I've been going to that shop, that car and that engine have been there. And Jay's always talking to me about the car and about the Merlin Marine V12 and blah, blah, blah. And now it finally got mated with the car. And sure enough, he took it out. But is but it has a Rolls-Royce plaque on the valve covers. Yeah. So is Merlin and Merlin Marine made by Rolls-Royce? Because I thought those were two different engines, and now Max Pata can do his and do I was his homework. About the so engine as well. The Rolls Royce made it. The Merlin is what they call the engine, following the company convention of naming its piston aero engines after birds of prey. Mm-hmm. So Merlin, they use they did use in the Spitfire, the Hawker Hurricane, the Ferry Battle, uh, and uh, and other bombers, and then but it's made by Rolls Royce, and eventually in the P fifty one. Mustang. So the the one that went into the P fifty one Mustang first was an Allison, I think. Hmm. I don't know why, or my brain's just getting older. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. 
So Allison V12 went into the P51 Mustang. They didn't get the kind of speed they wanted out of it. Then they put the yeah. Rolls-Royce Merlin Murray. How much power do you think is that engine's making? It's it's 27 liters. Yeah. Like I, I like I was talking to some guy yesterday about it and I was like, "What do you drive?" He's like, "BMW X3." And I was like, "That's 3 liters." And this is 27 <laughs> liters and two seats, by the way. Your yeah. your BMW it's, has and four. It, and it's funny cuz you see the pictures of of Leno leaving. I was following behind him when he was driving away. The car is massive and him and his buddy barely fit in it. It's so small that cockpit Right. And it, it's uh, massive. Now, somebody said that um, – somebody reached out to me, a friend on social media, and said – they said, I'm pretty sure – he's like, when I was a student, like an art student, he's like, I visited Leno's garage, and 20 years ago, he had that engine, and it had a four-barrel carb on it. Yeah, now it's got a bunch of downdraft Webers. Yeah. I'm guessing. Who knows if it's fuel-injected. Whatever. It's crazy. But the thing I love about Leno – is that engine sat there and that car sat there for as long as I've ever known that guy, like front and center next to the kitchen. It was the one like yeah. close to the kitchen. It's always been there. And now he's driving. He's driving. It. He's and had it for about 30 years. He's had the car for about 30 years. Yeah. I think, but it, I, it must be running for like 20 minutes because it's he crazy. Just, he just finished it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's that. It so, sounded cool. Oh my god! It's it's a it's now. What were you asking? Horsepower? Yeah, I was kind of wondering what kind of power those things were making. Well, when they would do them for a Spitfire or a P fifty one Mustang, they were s- certainly supercharged, and I'm pretty sure they were supercharged for altitude reasons because because mm-hmm. of, of the thinness of the air. Yeah. So. Um, but I also think in a weird way, those things were probably more torquey than they were horsepower-y. Yeah. Well, if so you think of like a boat engine where it, it really kind of, once you get up to speed, your cruising speed in the boat, you kind of just sit at that RPM for, I don't mm-hmm. know, hours at a time. Yeah. You know? So, yes. uh, so uh, I'd say, hold on. Okay. I would say that thing in in a Spitfire or in a uh, Hurricane or uh, in a... Uh, in a P fifty one Mustang, I would say the horsepower twenty seven liters. I would say the horsepower wasn't mind blowing. I would say it'd be like around five hundred. Yeah, but I would say the torque was like like over a thousand. You think over a thousand? Yeah, say probably around nine hundred. All right, so torque one thousand seven hundred fifty pound wow. feet of That's torque. T- well, the display, <laughs> yeah. but Matt, the displacement is so insane. Yeah, it is insane. It probably. Uh, about a thousand horsepower. Wow! So the challenge was he finding a gearbox that would work with the engine. When he brought it home, he had a Jaguar manual transmission hooked to the engine. Leno took the car for a ride, put it in second gear, and ripped the teeth off the gear. He didn't know what to do after that until a man named Gail Banks came along. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and that, built himself that Dumbo nice. lucked yeah. himself into a transfer <laughs> case at work. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Gail Banks to the rescue. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. Who do you like more, Pete Brock or Gail Banks? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. I like I like both those guys. Isn't Pete's wife named Gail? Yeah. Gail Brock. We'll just make our own. Yeah, things are getting weird. We're going to make yeah. one superhuman, <laughs> one super engineer, uh, designer and engineer. So this guy <laughs> sent me a list of prices. He has like an Enzo <laughs> and a Corvette and a blah, blah, blah. It's also funny. 
Um, okay. It's also funny that, you know, you meet car guys that are car guys. Yeah, he's a little high on that NSX. But you're not sure <laughs> how the car guys work. When I was doing Stern, Ronnie, the limo driver's a car guy. <laughs> okay. But he's showing me a picture of his 95 Corvette pace car. With like uh, the pink and the purple on it, I you were yellow Ford probe, yellow rims and stuff, and I'm going <laughs> yeah. like, oh, "That's yeah. cute. It's yeah, nice. It's nice. <laughs> you are a car guy." <laughs> um, so I was looking at this list, and it was like, "Ah, it's got a Testarossa, and it's got a Porsche. I guess some rich guy died, and somebody's selling the car." And I was interested in the price of the 935 uh, that one Daytona, which is the Moby Dick, and I looked down the thing at the bottom and I found a 935 and I can't tell what the price is. Yeah. Uh, it looks it, it like look, four from here. It looks like four million bucks, but it's it's also, I don't know, take a couple seconds and make yeah. it clear. I don't know. Zoom in on it maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. Well, you guys, you guys riddle me this. You guys riddle me this. There are 23 cars that this guy sent me the price on, you yeah. know, NSX and Ferrari yeah. 488s and stuff, all things I have zero interest yeah. in. Yeah. There is one car <laughs> that I did have an interest in, not because I have the money. I'm just curious what it's going for. And I asked him specifically, what is this car going for? Now, the NSX, I can read from here that the NSX is 145K. No problemo. Yeah. But the car I was interested in, I can't make out the number out of 23 cars. So yeah. I would just say mission not accomplished in terms of like <laughs> what? Max Patton, my life is weird that way, right? Very weird. Yes. <laughs> like I, I literally, I, I just said like I want, I want to know the price of one car and it's the only car that I can't make out the price on. <laughs> right. Can you, can you guys zoom in on that nine, that number 22 down it, there? It looks like a four, but it also looks From like here it's something four? happened to it. Yeah. I, yeah, you're right. I don't know if it's going to get any much, any better. Yeah. I can't tell what's under it. It's a four that. He was going to write winner, it looks like, because there's a W-I-N, but then he oh. writes the price, and I the think winner's four. underneath. Looks uh, like four. I'm going with four. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. What would you like it to be? <laughs> six? Because <laughs> it could be six. It's not six. No, it's, it, it's it, not it, it looks six. like a four. It looks like a four. It looks like a four. Okay. And I don't know if there's more than one Moby Dick, uh, but at one Daytona, and I don't know what else it... It won. It, it's, it's weirdly kind of an ugly car because of how long the rear yeah. is and the weird tail and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah. we'll, uh, well, we'll keep you So posted. we don't know if this is the one that was at uh, Goodwood. And we don't know if the one at Goodwood was a real one or not or if there was more than one. We don't know. But we stood there for a while measuring mm-hmm. the wheels and getting tire sizes. <laughs> it's very important to us that we get wheels <laughs> yes, it is. and tire We're sizes. We're like, in Europe, they're, they're doing it differently. Right. Everyone's running the 18s. All right, Max Zapata. Uh, what else do uh, we got? I'll tell you what. Let me tell you about... Uh, let me tell you about Castrol while we're digging that up. Mm-hmm. Castrol Edge, stronger under pressure. Engines can lose up to 10% of performance due to friction. 
And Castrol Edge with fluid titanium transforms under pressure to keep metal apart and fight power-robbing friction to unlock exhilarating performance. It's three times stronger. Three times, fool. Then the leading full synthetic against viscosity breakdown per the Kerr Orban test in a 5W30 vis grade. Edge formula always exceeded the exceeds the toughest industry standards, but this new and improved formula incorporates the latest technology that make it transform to be the strongest when pressure is highest. So be sure to check out Castrol Edge. All right. Well, we lost uh, Nikki Lada this week. Yeah. Sad. Um, there's certain guys you want around. You know, I felt the same way about Tim Conway. When Tim Conway died the week before, I was like, oh, I like yeah. Tim Conway. Yeah. I like him around. Seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, it's not even that. It's just I, I don't want to live in a world with no Nicky Lotta, no Tim Conway. Yeah. Like these guys have just always been there. Yeah. And now they're not. It's a three-time F1 champion, 75, 77, and 84. That's a nice reign. That's spreading it out. Yeah, but he'd also won for both Ferrari and McLaren, and he might be the only driver to do so. And I got to tell you, um, the movie Rush that he did was, or he was featured in, was a Ron Howard film. I think it may have disappointed a little at the box office, but it was a really good film. I do like that film. It's a good film. I saw it in the theater with uh, Lynette, and it's good. It's it's not a you know it's not a gearhead thing it's yeah. it's a real story. It's, it's funny because it was really kind of sold based off of Chris Hemsworth and how hot he was and still is at the time. But uh, and I forgot the guy's name that played uh, Nikki, but he was fantastic in this film. Yeah, he was good. He's um, he was in Inglorious Bastards too. Yeah. I think uh, same guy. Daniel Bruhl. Daniel yeah, Bruhl. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He's so, just really good. Yeah, he was really good and a uh, lot of us great. And I do I his you know, no nonsense everything was uh super funny. And uh he's just one of those guys gonna be missed. And also like just an old school guy who did it for himself and showed you sort of what you could get done if you if you really it's it's not you know, it's weird. It's 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 not like we talk way too much about like believing in yourself. You know, it's, it's not that it's like, I was talking to Matt yesterday when I was coming home from New York and I was, I remember talking to Matt months ago, like in February. And I was like, I got to get myself booked on Howard Stern and I want to plug my feature, mm-hmm. my, my standup special. And I want to do it on Stern show. And I just sort of went about it and I talked to Gary, the producer, we, you know, we traded some emails and it was like, well, Howard's on vacation and then we're only doing one guest a show and we're only doing like three shows a week. So we're not going to have anything until like May, which seemed pretty far off in February or March or whenever yeah, yeah. I was doing it. But I was like, OK, May's coming fast. Like everything. It'll happen. Time passes so yeah, quickly quick. now that I was like, all right, well, let's 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 work it out for May. And uh, then it was like a little more back and forth, like uh, the first weeks I, I was going to be in New York for something, but that week wouldn't work. And then we're dark that next week. And it used to be you would just go in and sit in for the whole show. But Howard's not doing that anymore. He's doing yeah. like a little more intimate, a little more one on one. But I was just like, 
okay, you find me the date in May that works and I'll come in and I'll arrange my other press around that and my other events. And of course, the weekend he picked, I was booked at the Brea Improv for two (laughs) shows Friday, two shows Saturday, the Hot Wheels thing, KTLA in the morning, like, ugh, pick the worst weekend ever. But that was the one that was open and I was like, put it on the calendar. I'm there. And next, you know, I blinked. At some point, I found myself just sitting in the studio alone with Howard, and he's just like looking at me, and he's just interviewing me, and I'm like, well, now we're here. Yeah. And you have to have that. It, it's not a magical thing, and, it, and it's not – it's a process for everybody. It's a – you know, I have a good relationship with Howard and with Gary, but it's still a process, mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy to go – in February, hey, I'm going to plug my stand-up special, and Gary goes, we don't really have any openings till May. It's pretty easy to go, all right, well, screw it, next time around, or whatever. <laughs> right. But you have to like keep going with it. And I don't think, I don't know if people teach that enough. Nicky Lotta was like probably one of those guys, he right? He was one of those guys, and he's got, he's, he's, he's got so many famous quotes when you start doing some research on him, and just things, you know, he's just... He's a lot of like stop talking and just do kind of guy, and uh, uh, and he's one of these guys where he's like he would just say things like. There's a famous quote out there, and I, I don't know it verbatim, but he's like if you if you win all the time, you're never going to learn anything. It's 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 from your failures and getting back up is when you learn stuff. And it's just you're right. It's just being that aggressive person to go at it. Chip Hansen's on the line. He's the uh, CEO of JB Weld. Chip? Hi, Adam. Hi, Matt. How are you? Good. Good How are you? Good to you. Good. Now, I, did I see you at SEMA or was that somebody else? No, I think we, uh, you, uh, you were walking the show, if I recall. I may have tried to pull you out of the, uh, out of the aisle and come in and hang out with us. <laughs> I was walking around doing my favorite thing, looking at... Uh, uh, a, a dustless uh, sandblasting units and bench vices and stupid aluminum floor jacks. Three pumps. It's up at 14 inches, you know, all this stupid stuff. And then I ran into Chip at uh, JB Weld, and I was like, ooh, what do we got here? And I did not know that they expanded their horizons as much as they did because I was always, you know, two-part epoxy metal repair from back in the day. And uh, Chip was more than uh, happy to explain to me all that was going on in JB Weld. And I was more than happy to get a box of swag. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's right. I mean, we still have the, uh, the two part epoxy that the company was founded on and it's still, you know, uh, to, to us, it's our original Coca-Cola formula, but we've got a whole series of, uh, additional products, uh, you know, both in stick epoxy form and in syringes and silicones and, and instant uh, products that all fit within the, the JB Weld banner and and kind of our direction to be uh, the strongest and best product when you need something. We were talking about, there's a couple things. First off, a sensitive question for you, Chip. <laughs> the term super glue for super fast acting strong glue, yeah. you may not like that because that may be a brand name, but people refer to that as super glue. Yep. Is, yep. I remember Every, everything yes. is super glue because the guy who invented super glue gave the name away to anybody and everybody. Oh, yeah, so you right. just call it super glue. What a nice. One well, t- we, we call ours super weld. So, oh, okay. uh, we've taken it up a notch and uh, actually we don't refer to our stuff 
anywhere as glue because really glue is glue and we're a step above that. So um, uh, ours is based on strength. The other super impressive thing I believe we're talking about is I'll use another name, but the polyurethane Gorilla Glue style stuff. It's great, but it foams. Yeah. You, it just keeps foaming. And, and it oozes out. It like oozes when you, and it foams. Yeah. And, and I was like, it drives me nuts because I like the polyurethane stuff. I guess yeah. it's polyurethane. But I don't like all the foam residue and the ooze. And uh, Chip was telling me they got a no foam recipe. Well, we've got... Uh products that work on wood, uh, both epoxy and non-epoxies that, that don't foam. And, uh, and as a result, you don't get that uh, foaming that you've experienced with, uh, with the other guy that you mentioned there. Yeah, we don't like to mention yeah. his name. I got a question, though, about, you know, for the car guys that are out there. Uh, JB Weld's been in the garage for all of us for, for so long. We use it for so many things. But it always seems to end up on the exhaust of the car or the header or the, you know, or the uh, exhaust manifold of the car. Where are we now with a high temperature, very sticky, can we fix a cracked exhaust manifold with your product? Well, interesting. Uh, you may be familiar with, uh, we made an acquisition late last year, a product line that was on Shark Tank called Fiber Fix. And actually... In that acquisition, what we've gotten is a really strong ceramic infused uh, with adhesive uh, cloth that you can wrap on exhaust pipes and it will withstand temperatures all the way up to 1,600 or 1,800 degrees, which is, you know, really hot. And that's what happens up at the exhaust uh, head uh, area. So, yes, we have, uh, we have through our FiberFix line a, a series of really strong temperature-resistant repair products. Huh, I uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I love this story. What is the story of JB Weld? I know it goes way back, but and I yeah. know you guys are are newer than they are. But who's how, JB? Right. Yeah. So you know the folklore uh, is always great, but we're we're a fifty year old brand this year, and uh, and and so we kind of think of ourselves as a fifty year old startup. But actually, as, uh, as many uh, companies, J.B. Weld was started in a garage by a husband and wife team. Uh, Sam was uh, uh, an auto parts uh, uh, store owner and truck engine rebuild shop uh, on the back of his auto parts store. And he kept breaking off the mounting bracket where the truck engines uh, mounted onto the truck frame. And he didn't want to weld it with a torch. So he, in his mind, wanted to come up with something that he thought was a cold weld system. And uh, with the help of a chemist at Texas uh, A&M, they developed what has become uh, the original JB Weld, uh, our, our cold weld system. I got and, it. Uh, yeah. They, uh, they set out. Uh, Mary, uh, who took over the company after Sam died, would roll the two tubes in a box and put the instructions on it. And Sam would go into a hardware store or an auto parts store and sell a box and like many of us, they figured out that was a lot better living than selling and rebuilding truck engines. Huh. I, and so nobody really knows where the JB came from. Well, you know, the folklore goes something along the lines that the chemist that Sam worked with, uh, his initials were JB. So it was JB's Weld that oh, I uh, we, ori- right. we originally settled on. So, uh, But that's folklore. <laughs> I don't have any papers that say anything like that, but that's how it, how it came about potentially. Are, are you guys going to be at SEMA this year? 
Yes, we're we're actually over there every year, and we're we're actually over on the apex side of that uh, show. If you're familiar with the two sides yeah. of it, one is you know the place where you and I go to hang out and go. We this is all the cool stuff that we wish we owned in our garage, and then on our side, it's really for the retailers and distributors where we we uh, show new products to them that are going to be in the in the retail channel. Yeah, we're going to be down there this year as per usual, and I think we're even going to do a car event as well. We are. We're going to do a live car cast show and an event, uh, I think maybe the weekend after SEMA, or maybe do a track day as well. But we'll Well, definitely be by your booth with my swag bag. (laughs) He's going to be like like a Halloween morning with this empty (laughs) jack-o'-lantern trigger tree. (laughs) Just fill it up with glue. We'll send you another uh, care package here, so you're going to have a whole, you know, you don't have to wait for Halloween. We'll get it out to you now. I uh, I love it. I use it, and uh, I just love I love that the I love the innovation. But I love that we're moving so like we're we're moving so fast with all these products, mm-hmm. and it's and it's all again like you go into Home Depot now. It's a cornucopia of good stuff. Yeah, like good tools. How good many fixtures? How many products are in the JB Weld lineup now? Well, we've got uh, over 60, 60 different items, that both by size or uh, that's not different types, but we've, uh, we've expanded to over 60 items, and with the FiberFix uh, acquisition, we'll probably add another 10 to that. Hmm. So uh, we're, we're rapidly, rapidly growing out the product line. Hey, Chip, thanks for joining us. I'll do a uh, spot for your product, and we'll see you over at SEMA. I uh, look forward to it, Adam. Look forward to it, Matt. And uh, and thank you for having me on the show. Thanks, Chip. Thanks, man. JB Weld, their fine sponsor for big or small repair projects at home or in the garage. You need something that lasts. We're proud to have JB Weld Epoxy Adhesive as our sponsor. Send me over the swag bag. I feel like guys are, are... pinching a lot of it over at the other shop though, <laughs> why wouldn't I, they it's one thing that everybody uses yeah no worries around this side of the shop <laughs> this this side you got it now you get some ipa or some jerky over here you better hide it <laughs> but anything that involves fixing something yeah mm, no you can leave it out here for no months. problemo so keep jb weld in your toolbox your kitchen drawer craft room Good for metal, wood, plastic, and more. They've really expanded the lineup. It's all made in the USA. Whether you're a pro or a DIYer, you use JB Weld. It's been around for more than 50 years, as we've discussed. And uh, I love the little story. It's a perfect American story. It's available at JB Weld, Home Depot, Lowe's, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, and all the places, O'Reilly, Walmart, all Amazon, everywhere. All right, so let's see. we got a truck. What's this carbon... Uh, Pro pickup truck, GMC we're talking about. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting is because uh, and we, we, we got into some of the more details and the price breakdown on the show earlier uh, this week with Goldberg. But, you know, the trucks are steel for the longest time. Ford came out with their aluminum bed version of the truck. And so uh, GMC said, we're going to try to one-up you and go with carbon fiber. So the truck has steel fenders but a carbon fiber bed. And it is a little bit lighter. Um, they say it's uh, 60 pounds, 66 pounds, something like that, 62 pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. But because it's it's carbon fiber and whatever resin that they're using, 
It is superior corrosion resistance, scratch resistance, dent resistance, um, and it's interesting. Now, it doesn't look like uh, the the shiny, cool carbon fiber, like woven carbon fiber, like the the lip of that yeah, yeah. out front. It's right. um, if you saw on the on the Lamborghini Huracan Spider, it has sort of a forged carbon fiber. It looks like carbon fiber shreds, kind of uh-huh. like. like like compressed together with a resin. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the bed of this truck, but it's, I think it's something similar to that, where it is uh, pieces of, of like shreds of carbon fiber put in there and then sort of compressed and, and put into the resin. But it seems kind of interesting. Well, it's starting to strike me that as technology moves forward, and uh, again, uh, I'm screwing up all these numbers, but I do remember talking to the interviewing the McLaren guys down at uh, Pebble Beach mm-hmm. eight nine years ago, and they were telling me that McLaren MC whatever, and they were explaining that the McLaren you know ninety three F one whatever the car Leno has yeah the F one um, cool. he said that that tub took you know three weeks and nine dudes to 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 build and and cost eighty thousand dollars or something and then this tub took three days and two dudes and cost twelve thousand dollars like like the price obviously everything just keeps coming down now the price of building custom homes doesn't just keep coming down because it's just labor, 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 labor. There's like nothing you can do about it. But there's going to be an element soon where there's going to be like modular homes and that'll bring the price down, not for a custom home. And when it comes to this kind of mass production for this carbon fiber stuff, it used to be aeronautical, space age, military, blah, blah, blah. It was millions of millions of dollars. Then it kind of got whatever. But at a certain point, when the tooling's done or the, the the modalities worked out or the the resins or the whatever's the materials and the the molds and stuff like it's it's going to just be as cheap as stamping steel like yeah i you know if somebody says well, what about steel? Well, it's like you got to pull it out from the ground and then you have to smelt it and then you have to pour it into sheets and then you have to get a big dye press and stamp it and then you have to prime it and paint it and whatever. I don't know. Like maybe all cars will just be carbon fiber because it'll just be cheaper and easier. Or some sort some of point. composite blend. It doesn't have to be carbon fiber now. It can be different composite blends. But this bed... Uh, so the bed is only available as a package, the Carbon Pro, Pro package that includes a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. and that's kind of expensive. But when you remove all that other stuff, the bed is is about a two to three thousand dollar option, depending mm-hmm. on if it's on like the 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 base model or the or the the Denali model. GMC um, makes uh, a nice truck, and they also make an expensive truck, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, GMC, Ram, and Ford—they're all just competing to make the most expensive truck out there. And these trucks are seventy thousand dollars. The the GMC Denali Carbon Pro mm. is seventy thousand. Starts at seventy thousand. Can I tell you why I'm <laughs> angry at trucks? <laughs> yes, I got home. I flew coach from uh, New York to LAX. I got in at like ten thirty last night. Um, I had a really hectic like three and a half, four, well, well, not three and a half days, like five days leading into where I had to go and what I had to do. I parked at the very top on the roof 
of the LAX uh, of the LAX parking structure. Yeah, like the short term. You were just yeah, quick, yeah, quick trip. Right. A uh, couple things. Considering you always forget what floor you're on or like where your car <laughs> yeah. is, and no one wants to park on the roof, but park on the roof. You'll always find your car because you'll yeah. just go. Oh, you just go to you can't go any higher, yeah. and you know it's there somewhere. And also, when you park on the roof, you surveil. Like you go, okay, there's the control tower and there's the Bradley, whatever. You just stop for a second and go, okay, now I know where my car is. Because when you park in the middle, you forget what parking structure it's at and it's dark and you can't find it, whatever. Parked on the roof. I'm I'm like, oh, God, I got to get home. I got to get to my bed. I got to (laughs) get to my TV. I've been running for five days now. I start pulling it down the roof. Guy, Dumbo. Guy's driving the Ford Harley Davidson, like extendo cab Dumbo mobile with the 22 inches and it's lowered. Well, the the parking structure, when you go, you got to go all the way down to the bottom. The turn, you turn right all the way down. It's tight as you hit the ramp. The guy had to do a three pointer. Ugh. On every turn, like he'd start turning, but the truck was too low and it was too long and it would like catch the curb. Yeah. So I had to like turn in and then stop and put it in reverse and then go forward. And then, and I'm just in my car going, I get the fuck out of here. I got to get <laughs> out of here. Once I get in my car, I'm like, I got to get home. I got to get home. Yeah. I got to get home. From the top roof all the way down to the bottom, I'm behind this MFR. He's doing three pointers every time. Yeah. And as I was I was angry at the Ford like F one fifty Harley Davidson version already. I was yeah. livid last oh, night. Oh, but I see several problems there. One, that guy should Uber. Uh, <laughs> two, I, maybe there's a sign for no trucks allowed in in the garage. But then also, where's the engineer? Is it a civil engineer who designs the garage and says we kind of don't really want to fit everything in here, but we just don't want to tell everybody, so we're going to let them. Kind well, of figure you, it out on their own. You always think about the height. <laughs> like, is there clearance? Is yeah. that truck going to clear? Is that van going to tri- clear? The length is to backbreaker because yeah. it turns. It's like a, I'm driving a Jag. It's a little tight, you know, not to clip the curb as you're turning down yeah. and turning in. This guy's driving a sled <laughs> and he has to do like a three pointer on every turn. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 the humanity. These are first world <laughs> problems, buddy. Well, I hope that guy has some Geico. Oh, good <laughs> some transition. Good, good car insurance for that thing. Uh, everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off your dry cleaning, you pick up some milk, and now you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. You just go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today be sure to check out Geico.com. Right. A pox on those themed trucks. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, uh, so let's see. What do we got come up? Well, the 935 is all taken apart, but we're getting it prepped, and we're getting ready for Laguna Seca we with are. that car. And, you know, I started off by telling you I, we were walking around. I was walking the dog in February, and I was like, <laughs> oh, Stern's opening is May 20th. And I was like, ugh. And then I just blinked my eyes, and I was on an air. I, I blinked my eyes, and I was sitting in a room across from Stern talking about yeah. my special. So I feel like we're now that way with Pebble Beach. Like we're, we're at the, we we're at the end of May. 
and it's like, oh, that's not till August. We're going to blink our eyes. We're going to be right there. It's, it's going to go. It's going to go quickly. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to go to Portland mid June and test drive the new Ford Explorer in August, right before Car Week, like the ninth or tenth, the weekend before. Goldberg and I will be back in Detroit at Roadkill Nights doing CarCast there. Then we fly back and then. We're here for like three days, and then we start driving to Monterey. I'm going to be in <laughs> Portland at a Helium Comedy Club July 19th and 20th, and then Monterey, Golden State Theater, doing stand-up there as well when we're down there racing. That's a Saturday night. So come to the track, and then go to the show. Yeah, like and hang make, out. Do a, do a day out of it. Saturday's the best time to go. Saturday's the best day to do the track day. And uh, Denver Comedy Works before that, June 14th and 15th, doing stand-up over there as well. So go to AdamCrolla.com for everything you need and not Taco Bell material at Chassis. we got a lot of good offerings at Chassis to get involved with, C-H-A-S-S-Y. And until next time, this is Adam Kroll from Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.